AfterBuzz TV listeners want to share your opinions, give feedback, or tell us what you're thinking, send us a voice message. Voice messages are an easy way for you to send us audio that might end up in a future episode of our After Show. They're the latest feature from Anchor, the platform we use to publish and distribute our podcast to you for free. You could send us voice messages about all sorts of topics, questions you have for us, what you think of our format, something you want us to do better, your best impression of one of the characters, anything you can think of. We'll see all of your messages and we might add them into a future episode. Anchor makes that part super easy. You can send us a voice message right now from wherever you're listening. Just tap the link in the show notes. We can't wait to hear from you. Tonight is the night when two become one. We play a little uh, Duel to Despair, that game that looks really fun in the arcade. And we have some very special guests joining us tonight on the Cloak and Dagger After Show. So let's shed some light and darkness right now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Woohoo! Yes, it's Thursday, so that means it's Cloak and Dagger Day. We are here for episode <laughs> eight, two-player for season two. Oh my gosh, super excited. I'm your host, Ollie Drennan. I'm joined by a fabulous panel. We have Carla Beltron in the house. Hey, what's up, guys? Super excited for tonight's episode. Yes, and we have Drew Jones back in the house. I haven't heard this intro before. No? <laughs> oh, what really? a bop, yes. I hope they got a close-up of I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is that? Welcome back, Drew. We Thanks. missed you. I missed you guys. So good that you're back. And we also have Steph Sabra in the house. What's up, guys? So excited about tonight. But we have two special guests joining us tonight. We Woo-hoo. have, from Cloak and Dagger Season 2, you know her as Michaela on the show. We have Cecilia Lael in the house. Hey. I pronounced that right, right? 100%. Okay, thank you so much. Thank Great. you so much Sorry for joining for us, girl. Thank you for having me. So good. And we also have, in the house, Jaime Savalos. I said that yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ugh, I just don't two for two. Two for two. Thank you guys so much for joining us. It's a pleasure having you in studio tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Excited. And we just want to first off kind of introduce you guys. So starting with you, Cecilia, first, what is your first initial impressions of just being a part of this fantastic, fantastic, phenomenal Marvel show? Oh, it's awesome. It's like there's so much uh, Marvel and superhero content, and I feel like I hit the jackpot as far as like mm-hmm. quality. I feel like it's so good. Yeah, and you so good. And you're from Louisiana. I am from Miami, but I am local to New Orleans. Gotcha. So I live. I currently live in New Orleans. So right. and, yeah, and they film the show in yeah, New Orleans. Yeah, it's all shot in New Orleans, and it takes place in New Orleans, which is perfect. Cool. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you for being here again. Yeah, thank you. Hi, May. You're back for season two. Yeah, yeah. As Father Delgado, yeah. you're in this episode. So so awesome that you're also here. So what is your initial impressions of being back for season two? Uh, the stakes are higher. Uh, the uh, The storylines just get crazier and nuttier, and just I think it's one of those shows, especially season two. You really have to keep up with it. It's just so wild. It's right? Crazy. Oh, it's gonna get wild on this after show tonight, y'all. So <laughs> we got a lot to talk about. We got to talk about Tandy, Tyrone, Mayhem, Bridget. Uh, who am I missing? Andre. Aaliyah? The priest? The Adina? <laughs> There's so much to talk about. So let's get right to it for our first topic. we got to talk about our dynamic duo of Tandy and Tyrone. And if you're tuning in live in the live chat, Steph and Drew have your back. Any questions for our special guest? Fire them, because we're ready for this show, y'all. <laughs> but first, Tandy and Tyrone. All right. So, it's good that they're back together, finally. And I have to say, I was talking to Drew, and Drew, you loved the freaking... It's called, I, I butchered in the beginning, Duel to Despair is the video game. Yes! And as a video game kid in the, growing up in the arcade 
you know, world, I live for this moment. <laughs> Same. I was trash at video games as a kid, but I really like that the Cloak and Dagger uh, story is the actual, like, comic book story mm-hmm. of how they come together. Because mm-hmm. if you didn't know, uh, Tandy runs away from home. Mm-hmm. She meets Tyrone. Someone steals their her stuff. He goes after it, and then they turn the cloak and dagger due mm-hmm. to like contaminated heroin. Right, and this is the video game. So. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was. No, I know. Uh, not that you know heroin is like already contaminated. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> <don't> <laughs> the point is, I thought that was a really cool tribute to the comics for them mm-hmm. to bring that into the show. It was really good, and to bring it in in that way where it was like they were actually caricatures. I think it was super cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So cool. I haven't seen a show do it like that before. It, it, it felt like a total different show in the style, the way that they styled the episodes. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. liked it. And how it transitioned from video game to, you know, them actualized people in this world, in the dark dimension, kind of playing this game. And I thought the episode really encapsulated kind of like, or maybe this juxtaposition of, you know how you play a video game, you get to be in control, whereas some of the characters in this show, this particular episode, such as Avito, wasn't in control. You're not able to have full control because you have this kind of concealed fate. But anyways, what did you guys think of kind of like the... Okay, first off, were you guys childs of the arcade cabinet? Did you play video games growing up? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Street Fighter 2. Oh. Yes. Street Fighter 2, yes. yeah. The local pizzeria, we had one of those. So. Mortal Kombat? Mortal Kombat as well. I'm pretty good at that stuff. Gotcha. Um, yeah, but I, I want to talk about the graphics. The graphics were like a throwback too, right? Mm-hmm. It felt yeah. like I was watching mm-hmm. uh, Nintendo or something. Totally. Like that. yeah. That's what I played. Nintendo 64. <laughs> <laughs> all I did was Mario Kart. Yes! yes. But like hardcore with all my cousins. Like eight controllers. Like <laughs> way too competitive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really want to play Duel to Despair now. It reminded me of... The, have you guys ever played the Simpsons game? Yes. Oh, no. yeah. Where you fight the, the family. Oh my yeah. God. That's what is giving me major vibes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying I wouldn't be mad if this is like what the act... Cloak and Dagger's activation at uh, Comic-Con is, if they somehow figure out how to make that a thing. If you haven't been to Comic-Con before, they do these activations for different shows. Last year, you could do um, like the Cloak and Dagger touch where you mm. explode and get blasted. Drew and I did it. We did it. My shoes fell off. <laughs> <laughs> like in the video, you just see my shoes in slow-mo. <laughs> and I had like a massive bludgeon. Yeah, so it, it was just pulls you. <laughs> it was awesome, but yeah, I would not be mad if like somehow they figured out how you could play the game this mm-hmm. year under activation. Oh, that'd be super right. cool. Make it happen, Comic Con San Diego. Are you listening? Cut the check. Drew's got got you. <laughs> pitch it now. Pitch it now, girl. Listen. Um, but it's good because I think this episode kind of ends on a bittersweet note for Tandy and Tyrone. They are able to escape thanks to Vita, which we'll talk about. But also, Tandy and Tyrone, they're in a better place. They kind of reconciled. But also, we come to find out that Tandy's mom is back uh, abusing alcohol. And, you mm-hmm. know, this whole issue of her and Tandy you know, meeting Michaela, too, at this, at this uh, well, kind of shady organization now that we know. So <laughs> right. how is your interpretation of seeing or just knowing that this character, Tandy's mom and Tandy, trying to help her mom, is back on abusing alcohol? Yeah. Because um, you're, like, the catalyst of Tandy's arc in this season. Yeah. I, I, I feel like my character and um, Tandy's mom are, like, kind of like soul sisters or something i know it's like dark for dark reasons but um i think also that's like what tandy is drawn to in michaela that's this sort of like savior complex first Mm. off but also like you know i feel like deep down maybe she thinks that like if she saves uh, michaela before she you know gets to where her mom hits 
But um, I can't, I mean, I just imagine that's like the lowest blow after all that progress. Mm -hmm. I know. It's like they finally reconciled. But now there's just another issue that we have to deal with. Do you guys think that she went back because Tandy was missing for a while and she kind of felt helpless and didn't know how to kind of be of help? And that's kind of was her fallback for her? Yeah, I felt like because Tandy lost hope and hope is essentially like what her power is. I, it's mm. kind of almost like the spell was broken, like the you know her healing process was kind of broken and it was interrupted mm-hmm. and she stumbled back. So hopefully, like she'll be if Tandy can kind of tap back into that hope. Hopefully, she'll. I'm saying hope a lot. <laughs> she'll be able. <laughs> she'll word. be able to get back <laughs> into it. You could always say dagger. She, if she could dagger oh, herself could back dagger. to it. <laughs> also, Tandy's last lines to her mom was, "You should have like you could have just left," which is we talked about how ignorant of a statement that is, especially for victims and people who have dealt with abusive relationships. So, but she probably internalized that and thought maybe I'm not good enough to be a mom. I couldn't leave my husband. I couldn't do this. So. I get why she would spiral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. I, mean, I don't know. This made me think about when Tandy was coming from Michaela that one episode back in the day. Michaela <laughs> <laughs> was just sitting there. It was awful. Tan- oh, my gosh. Trust me. Well, <laughs> we got to get to another huge topic before we... But before we get to that, Steph is going to clue you in. Oh, yes. Give him back to us because we love you guys so much. We yeah. have a special giveaway, but Steph, take it away. Yeah, we'll talk about the giveaway at the end of the episode, but we wanted to thank you guys for being in the chat with us. We love when you give us comments um, because you guys point out stuff we didn't even realize through the episode. So thank you guys. You're the reason we're the ESPN of TV talk. One way that you could help us keep bringing this content to you is to like this video on YouTube, leave us a comment after the video ends, and if you're listening on iTunes, give us those five stars. Leave us a review there. We those are extra spicy we love those especially <laughs> but other than that thank you guys for rocking with us we love bringing this cloak and dagger show to you guys every week thank you Steph and thank you for using the word spicy yeah. <laughs> one it of the is. best words it so is <laughs> um, but one of the topics that is huge in this particular episode was Evita and Auntie you know we knew Auntie's passed away uh, in this episode oh R.I.P. Auntie um, and now Evita is kind of the one who has to step into this fate of following in the footsteps of her aunt, which means she has to marry, she has to marry Papa Legba, right? And she did that, yeah. right? Because she has this, she has the veil, she has the sight, and that means she has to let go of her lover, Tyrone. So now the ship wars are coming to an end. It's, you know, because we know we were kind of team Evita and team Tyrone. I really like them. <laughs> but, but it was, yeah. but it was... But it was, <laughs> yeah, you were there. Too. Yeah, you worked with them all last season. Oh, well, how was it for you seeing that, knowing that your character played a role in, in those two, that dynamic duo, which is kind of coming to an end? Because it was so heartbreaking. This episode, it is heartbreaking. That's right. the word. <laughs> yeah, poor Vita. Yeah. Justice for Vita, for real. What did you, what did you yeah. guys think? Like, um, I'm, I'm speechless. Well, I actually thought that it was very interesting how she kind of broke it down, where she said her auntie told her that it's her calling, and that not she doesn't necessarily have a choice, because she did mention that she wanted to go to school and go to um, college and all of that, and she said, why can't I be selfish with, like, what I want to do? And I thought it was really interesting how her auntie told her, like, well, you know, that, like, this is your calling, like, you were given this gift. And I, I feel like that also was kind of one of the main topics for this episode was like your calling and what you like the gifts that you were given are were given to you for a reason and whatever you're doing like that that's what you're supposed to be doing and sometimes you might want to do something else and like it was kind of like I really loved the storyline I hate that like 
Tyrone and Evita had to end, but I think that this was her way to step in into like a bigger thing, which makes us think like Evita's going to be a much bigger character that, than what we've been using her, and I think it's really exciting. Yeah, I agree. Coming off that point, too, I love the juxtaposition of religion and spirituality and, like, the belief yeah. of where Avita and Auntie, their belief system, and then that whole conversation about how she said, oh, so it's kind of like a priest, like you're married to the church, and she said, no, not really. So it's interesting to see, um, and I'm sure priests and Father Delgado, his character felt a similar way where it's, you can't be selfish. This is what you were called to yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. I just want to give like kudos to the writers because I feel like shows like this where you're touching on a lot of touchy subjects and mm-hmm. you know you have so many people of color. A lot of times, characters can be written very one note. And I love, especially with this show, I feel like the black women on this show are written with so much like compassion and like they do have to sacrifice but it's not in the way that like we were used to seeing it to where like everything is like riding off their backs and they're te- you know like there's no mm-hmm. reward to it and it's like cool another you know black woman struggling and like we just have to watch it like i just love that there was so much power and like she took ownership of mm-hmm. like her sacrifice and i thought that was really dope so kudos to yeah mm-hmm. yeah the writers cuz that's a refreshing take yeah. <laughs> it did really suck though i know that she was very heartbroken i felt that character's heartbreak and mm-hmm. i just she, it's kind of like that old saying if you love something you can let it go so mm-hmm. she had to let go of that relationship with ty in order to save not only him but tandy as well yeah. but it looks like she didn't even technically have to do it because like they were about to go and then it was and then the bouquet popped up and it was like oh well you gotta go now. And I was like, damn. Okay, so I was super way off to be honest with all of you guys. I thought that this was um Evita marrying Tyrone and I was like, Oh my gosh, you're getting married. So I was like <laughs> a teenage love affair. And then but then like but then Dagger and Chloe were like kind of being becoming more of like a real connection and I was like what is going on like I was really lost so now it all makes sense so thank you guys for being here what about you guys <laughs> making things clear <laughs> what about you guys do you ship Tandy and Tyrone or uh Tyrone and Evita what are your thoughts on these two characters I know the ship wars are going crazy right now <laughs> I may have an opinion <laughs> I have two opinions but I, I think uh team Evita and Tyrone like See, the thing is, I feel for Evita so much because I feel like she has so much, and it's not just another woman of color, like, having pain, but like you said, great words, like, owning her pain, Mm -hmm. and even though, like, she's she's younger, she has, like, this elder woman vibe, like, almost like a mom-like, but she has no kids on the show, Mm -hmm. and she's just willing to do what she needs to do to get the job done, Mm -hmm. and I feel like... The fact that she has all this pain and she owns it, that's like a sign of true strength. Like mm-hmm. she's doing yeah. the selfless, selfless acts. And so, kind of torn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah torn. it's hard. What about you, Cecilia? Are you more Tandy Tyrone? What do you think? I don't know. I... You're like, no, Michaela and Tyrone. <laughs> <laughs> Season, Season three. three. <laughs> If I were actually Michaela, I would say I'd go back to Jeremy. Oh, oh. No, Jeremy. No, Jeremy. No, Jeremy. No, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> I think, I don't know, I, I, when I worked with, um, I briefly got to work with, uh, um, Tyrone and Avita's, and I really liked them together on set. I've never been with both, like, Tandy and Tyrone mm-hmm. when they were, like, in a flirtatious 
like scene. Right. Yeah. yeah. Scene. And because yeah, also the relationship is pretty platonic. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. So I say like. Avita, let's go. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm all team Avita. I actually, I really like that they're not pushing the Tandy Tyrone romance but, yeah. thing because, like, I don't, I really don't feel like there's been anything romantic. I think They've it's been done a good job of I've like teetering that. that line yeah. and making never a normal that. friendship. Ever. Never see that. No. And like, although, yeah, in the comics, like they are eventually together. Whatever. <laughs> we'll get there. Maybe we'll get there. Yeah, I like, like, I like that this isn't a present thing right now. It's just like trusting each other and being there for each other in a friendship and. I like having that example on TV mm-hmm. that men and women can be friends without, you know, there wanting you to rip their clothes off. Right. I love it. So. <laughs> love it. Good um, job. <laughs> but yeah, I also want... Thank you. <laughs> I love it. Who said it? Which one of you said it? That kind of uh, how uh, Evita has, like, this old soul. It kind of mm-hmm. just reminded me of... It, it almost is as if um, Auntie kind of... She didn't fuse with Evita, but kind of... Auntie's always going to be with Evita, no matter what, despite yep. her being gone. But also, a fuse that did happen in this episode was Bridget and Mayhem. <gasps> My, first and foremost, I love this. Uh, Emma Lahana, to, so to be able to yeah. play yeah. these two characters and you're literally acting with yourself. These two and different And you can characters. tell when she's like Bridget and you can tell when she's like Mayhem when you're like, oh my goodness. But also, they're not sisters. They're the no. same exact person and they're having this dialogue and it's, you almost as a viewer acknowledge, you think that they are sisters in, in that mm-hmm. scene that they had in this episode and I love, shout out to the comics because the the nail color poison because I want that mayhem. You're getting there. I know. These uh, are like... It's just a little darker stuff. Just yeah, a little yeah, darker. Yeah, but yeah. you're on the right track. Next week. Um, but obviously mayhem in the comics has poison capabilities with her scratches and whatnot. But anyways, they kind of fused in this episode. So now we have this one entity that contains Bridget and Mayhem. What were your thoughts in this episode? Because that was that was crazy. That's a game changer. I thought it was really cool just because last episode, I feel like we saw bits of Bridget come out in Mayhem and vice versa. Like, I feel like they're both fighting to kind of find those other parts. And it's sort of like with Tandy and Tyrone, they have to understand where each other's coming from in order for them to work. I think Bridget and Mayhem are the same way. And so to see them together and then to see, like, once they refuse together... You could still see both parts of them mm-hmm. was like crazy. Emma mm-hmm. Hanna so I'm good. so like, happy. But, this oh. is the best thing that could have happened because I didn't want to get rid of either of them. <laughs> right. I needed them to be together. So, and it was the perfect amount of time to have the character separate. My favorite part was that scene when they're talking to each other and like figuring out the emotions of their dad. Of her dad, their dad. Uh, because I like how each of the characters either dealing with like an individual problem or a societal problem. And for her, it's more like in they she's had stuff that's been built up since right. childhood, clearly. Mm-hmm. And it seems like she had no one else to talk to, but now she has herself to talk to, which was mayhem. I wish. Well, I guess we all do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I also just love the transition of the nail paint the nail polish painting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This the man. The nail polish was like definitely was so my dagger. Cool. Moment. I love <laughs> love that shot of them finally and obviously mayhem was kind of the one to leave and i don't know if they're going to be able to like uh, divide or come back together i don't know it's really interesting what did you think any, any that, thoughts that was like the nails were the star of the show the, of that scene. <laughs> uh during the the manicure scene i was like wow it's just really staring at the nails but and also uh emma's great performance of just subtlety and i really saw for like the first time me personally like the vulnerability that Emma brought to uh, Bridget, I really saw it. Vice versa, mm-hmm. you know. The and it wasn't so much that she played uh, uh, mayhem as this, like you know, 
surface character right. demonizing person. It's just very cool the way she just blended the two, the two together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a, uh, a quote that um, Fuchs said to Bridget before she went in to meet Mayhem, or well, okay, Mayhem snatched Bridget. But before that, Fuchs said uh, this line. He said, "To get what you want, know what you're willing to give up." And I think that really said a lot about this episode with Avita, but also Bridget as well, because she's kind of mm-hmm. giving up some of her self control by fusing with um, Mayhem. So yeah. it's really interesting. And uh, I also think um, this kind of goes into Adina's story with you and how she <laughs> needs you, Father Delgado, in order to... Because she needs to give you the Monopoly file because you're a priest right. and no one's going to come after you because you're a priest. You have that whole... What is it? that You plead the fifth, right? I don't know. I'm not a religious person, so I don't know. I think you plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a priest, so you can't come out. But basically... <laughs> You had a, a huge role in this particular episode, and to find out the truth that through confession she killed Connors, that was insane. Did anyone else see that coming? I didn't see it coming. No, me, <laughs> me. But I didn't see it coming like the way that it happened. That was like very Dexter style. I was thinking like that the crabs because it kind of focused a lot on like the crab cakes. So I was like, oh my gosh, she poisoned him, you know, and he like dies because he eats these crab cakes that she was making. And then to just kind of see her going yeah. to confession and then I don't know where it's just like Dexter room and you don't like see anything and you're like, oh, she killed him. But I had a feeling that she killed him. And, like, obviously, don't murder anyone, but I understand that. (laughs) Full disclosure. (laughs) I understand Tyrone's mother's motive because this is a man that destroyed her family, just changed her life forever, killed Billy. And obviously, this is a black family versus this white man who he had no, he didn't suffer any repercussions. And he's had so much power and control over her throughout her entire life because she's had not she's not been able to feel any closure. Mm-hmm. And by killing him, it's not a good thing to do. But I think her mindset, like that was what she wanted. She he gave her what she wanted, which was to find out where Billy's body was. So it it makes sense. It's not a good thing that she killed him and she has something I don't think that's a good thing for her character, but it makes sense. You know, what were you guys' yeah. thoughts on this? Well, did you catch the so when I read the script, right? I was like, kept thinking, I was like, where's this confessional? Where's the confessional? Mm-hmm. And we were filming, it's a house, and I thought it was so cool how they just, the, did you see the partition? It was a window, mm-hmm. so they yeah, parted yeah, yeah, yeah. it, and I was like, oh, that's the confessional. I so love that. cool. How, um, like, where is Delgado's mindset right now? Because, I mean, Adina kind of read him for filth a little bit. She was just like, <laughs> get it together. Like, where, going into these next couple episodes, like, where do you think his, well, I mean, without giving anything yeah. away, um, <laughs> how, where do you think, like, his mindset is? Because he doesn't, he seems like he's... Because like, now he knows he didn't he he didn't really do anything to Cloak. Like Cloak didn't make any decision based on the last yeah. conversation. He's not the one who killed the cop. I mean, like the cop wasn't killed by him, right? Yeah. So some of the your conscience would be cleared, right? I think. Well, you know, like as we started seeing, like from the first season to this, you know, like it's kind of like a joke. A priest walks into a bar. <laughs> he's still there. I think he's still in the bar. Um, but I think he's kind of going through, you know, he's, he's living at a, at a rehab center now. And I guess we'll see what happens, right? If he goes yeah. back mm-hmm. to officially being a priest or, 
But I think once you're a priest, can you not? Right. Can you ever not stop being? Yeah, a priest? because you said a line that said something along the lines of, "It's not a job; it's a life." It's like it's it's, it's a, like your calling. Yeah, kind of. It's like Avita's calling. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you and Avita. Oh my gosh, you have so much semblance. Um, um, quick question for both of you: With this show, I, obviously, you guys touch a lot of really heavy topics. You know, your character has um, the alcoholism issues, and then yours mm-hmm. with. Uh, domestic violence. How do you guys go into these roles and handle all this heavy stuff, and then go home and like unpack it, and you know try not to let that affect your normal life? Can I go first. You want me to go for you? Oh, okay. you got this. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Um, you know, I feel like I, I'm new to the show, mm-hmm. and um, I like didn't have too much time for prep, and I like basically would shoot all of the scenes in like two days straight mm-hmm. so i would just be like inundated with all of the scenes at the um so like all of those where it took place over like four days where we were at the um counseling um group was all shot in like two days so i feel like i just like threw myself into it for two days and then i was like fine if it were more long term and i had to do stuff like that for a longer period of time i i don't know how i do it i'm not there yet i've never i've never had to work on something for that long and be um, I want to be though. <laughs> <laughs> Manifest it. Yeah, like it. <laughs> totally, totally. Well, I think for for this episode, which is funny, I didn't, I, I hadn't slept like a few nights for, for some reason. I had, I couldn't sleep in Louisiana. The show just makes time. you anxious. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, just, I had some some shrimp po' boys or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't sleep or something. I don't know. And that Louisiana food's amazing, but uh, that's another topic. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think. Uh, Having said that, I think, you know, uh, obviously his mind's a little bit altered when you're an alcoholic and, you know, you're not all there. And so I try to just kind of do things to just not to be not actually do alcohol, but kind of like try to get myself in a different mind frame. Right. And I remember for episode three, we had to do like this. The director's like, okay, you have to do these lines. You know, you're doing it to the crowd. It was like eight pages. He's like, just do it all as one take. <laughs> And there wasn't a lot of, um, there was extras, but there was also a lot of pedestrians. So it was really cool just <laughs> pouring out my heart to all these strangers on the street. And, you know, it has to affect you a little bit, right? Yeah. If you really yeah. feel it, yeah. then you just, you know. Yeah. Just shake it off. Shake, shake it, it off. off. Nice. Mm-hmm. Really quick shout out to our sponsor, guys. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or your computer. Creation tools allow you to hit record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard everywhere. That's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, so download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Eat some eat some beignets and uh, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. it. Oh, yeah, good clear. Yeah. Hungry. <laughs> Give me some jambalaya, please. Uh, well, speaking of the streets, you know who else was ended up on the streets in this episode? Leah. Leah's dead in this episode. Because yeah. we didn't see a whole lot of Andre, but he ended up kind of using Leah. He killed her. He needed to feed off of... He needed to inflict pain in order to kind of feed himself. So we're, we're not... That's not the last you've seen of despair. But um, it's time to get to our special segment, which is actually different this week. It's We're going to continue interviewing the our special guests and grilling them. They're in the hot seat. We also have a live <laughs> chat. So if you, is there any hot 
questions we'll from that We'll pull them up chat. as we go. Okay. But I am curious, kind of going off Drew's question, since the show does deal with such heavy topics, are any of the topics that you've that the show has hit, um, like alcoholism or sex trafficking or domestic violence, close to are those things you're passionate about in your day to day lives? Like yeah. being a voice for for yeah like- yeah absolutely. I actually I volunteered when I was living here in L.A. For many years, I volunteered with a company called Arts for a Better Tomorrow, where we would go to Tijuana, specifically Tijuana, to do um, art therapy, which would include uh, acting, right? So a lot of these kids already had been human trafficked. Mm -hmm. So they were kind of, I guess, out of of rehab already. But they were really young. They were like 11, 12 years old, and they already went through, like, drug addiction, and they were already human trafficked, but they were rescued. And so we would go to these... um, orphanages in Tijuana to teach them acting so they can break out of their shells and talk. So it was really close. But the fact that it happens in this country, I'm like, oh, that's super close to home. Yeah. 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 I mean, you hear about human trafficking and it's like this thing that you hear in passing and you're like, yeah, it happens. It happens here. Like, it's really bad in Florida. It's really bad in Texas, blah, 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 California. And you, you, at least for me, like, I always kind of took it at face face value and I never really understood the logistics and how it actually happens and how often these victims are blamed. And um, I really didn't know too much about it when I came to the first episode and we had the first table read and um, the showrunner Joe was like, this season's basically going to be about sex trafficking, human, human trafficking. And I was like, okay, uh, I'm going to go home and do some reading. <laughs> Whoa. And um, no, yeah, it's really eye-opening and it's exciting that like a show like this that you know, a lot of young people watch. Mm-hmm. Freeform's awesome like that, but a lot of young people are watching and are like, oh yeah, no, I've always heard of this. I maybe should know more and do something about it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So it's more like an in- introduction. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that the show has been able to Ugh. broadcast a topic like this in a comic book show totally. that's totally yeah. lovable on its own. It's crazy. And then mm-hmm. cram in these important topics. And yeah. it's not just one. They, like, tackle so many. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But it's done really gracefully, I think. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Gracefully and educational, yeah. too. Yeah. Like, I'm learning along the way as well. Totally. Um, what's obviously every pr- production is different, and you take something away from each show you've or movie, whatever you've been on. So, what's something about Cloak and Dagger that's special, unique that you've been able to both of you been able to take away after filming? Because it's a heavy show; <laughs> it's like so crazy. Um, food on Besides set. the beignets, the food on set's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really hungry. Um, I think everyone from the from the cast, from the crew, there's no egos. I've worked yeah. on shows where there's like, you know, you can just feel the egos in the air yeah. and just want to pop their egos. <laughs> but, but on this, like the showrunners, Joe is oh, awesome. Just, so passionate. Joe Pekaski is just He's amazing awesome. guy. Um, I think the word for me would be like energy. Everyone has such mm-hmm. great energy on that show, like from the cast and the crew, and they're just there to do a really good job. Yeah. Awesome. The professionalism is yeah. amazing. Like, Olivia is like, such a professional she's they all work their butts off and like they're in like every scene you know Mm -hmm. they're there like morning night night morning like all day every day and always with a smile on her face always ready to work always putting her best foot forward and she's awesome they're awesome damn yeah 
That is sweet. We admire them. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because we're viewers, we're fans. We don't even like, we, we know that, but also yeah. hearing it from you guys, you're yeah. the co stars, and also you guys get to play with them. And you hearing this from you, it just makes me have a lot more respect for not only you guys, but also them as well. Yeah. Because they are kind of like, have so much weight on their shoulders in, in this show because it's so important it's story. Hook and dagger, you know, yeah. and obviously with all the themes and heavy symbolism that goes on with it. Mm-hmm. Anything from the chat while we have them in in, in prisoners? Um, <laughs> were you guys comic book fans before this? Like, how is it being in a comic yeah. show? Yeah, totally comic book nerd. <laughs> yeah. And Marvel specifically? Yeah. Yeah, actually Spider-Man, yeah. So. Yes. Awesome. Peter Parker, yeah. I was not, but my boyfriend's obsessed. <laughs> obsessed with comic books. Like, literally has to recycle the, like, seven boxes in our extra bedroom, like, every no six way. months. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really Iconic. intense. Oh. Reads a ton, like... Obsessed, like obsessed with The Walking Dead, like obsessed. That's all, a good franchise too. Yeah. The comics more than the than the show. Yeah. <laughs> he nice, he likes nice. to correct me on that. <laughs> what other roles would you guys like to be playing? Like, what is your dream type of genre? Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I don't think there's a. That's a hard question. That is a really hard question <laughs> because you never, the, the, you know, once the, you know, it's all about the journey. So once the journey ends, that means you're retired from acting. I feel like <laughs> I do a lot of theater, so I, I feel like you know, theater for me has been a place of, uh, uh, you know, I, I did a show, I did a play off Broadway uh, in December, and I got to play like five different types of roles everything from a young man to a 95 year old man on stage and I was like wow this is really oh, feeding cool. my soul but now it's done and now yeah. I need more mm-hmm. so it is it's kind of like a drug I'm, I'm just speaking for myself yeah. it's never there's no like um, it's not a mountain to climb I yeah. think it's more like just kind of like little lily pads along yeah. the way that yeah. I want to hop on that's it that's yeah I don't know if I have like a, jo- a genre or like a type of role that I would love, but if we were talking theater, I could tell you characters that I would die to play, like May in Full for Love or Rosalind in As You Like It. Like I could, I could talk yeah. about that for days. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I have like a one thing. I don't want to just do one thing. Yeah, good. Yes. Yes. That's yeah. great. And what are you guys currently working on? Oh yes, please plug it. Plug if you're allowed it. to tell us, just recently on um, an episode of NCIS New Orleans. Yes, yes. and I have a. Um, if I make the cut, <laughs> I will have. Uh, I'm, I'll be in a ne- new Netflix movie that's currently untitled and starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Jamie Foxx. Nice, and Kelly. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I just did a movie that's out. Actually, came out last week. Uh, it's. Think yeah, I think it came out last week. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. How nice for you. You're in so many things. No, no, it's really cool. It stars a uh, Emmy-nominated actor Richard Cabral. Uh, Amazing actor in it, uh, Leslie Ann Brandt, uh, Vanessa Ferlito. From I think she's on NCIS. Really? Yeah, she's one of the leads on oh, cool. NCIS. <laughs> she was in my scene. I would have known her. Yeah. She was in my scene. <laughs> it's cool. It's like an edgy, dark street urban movie called cool. Duke. It's really cool. It's all, it's on. It's out on all major platforms. So I'm like, yes, okay, cool. And then uh, just shot a movie uh, last week, but. You know, did the the NDA thing? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, right. that's a good sign. That's a good sign. <laughs> Choosing your words very diligently. Yeah, yes. Right? <laughs> um, now that you guys are officially part of the Marvel universe, you know 
it's been announced there's going to be eight new Marvel movies by 2022. Oh my uh, D, uh, Disney's releasing all these new Marvel shows. If you guys could be any Marvel character besides the yeah. ones you are now, <laughs> yeah. uh, who would you want to be? It's, all, it's hard. Cecilia, <laughs> your boyfriend would be so mad that do you not? I'm have... not prepared. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you gotta be prepped. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like I don't think I, I would want to take. Enough. I think they're already like the good ones are already done, and I feel like the if the X-Men. ones that get your get X-Men. your X Men are coming. X Men, I think you know. I, you know, it's funny. I don't think there's a lot of like Latino superheroes out there in the mainstream public and it really it bothers me because so much of the fan base of Marvel and comic books mm-hmm. are Latino mm-hmm. and do we spend money there's been there's been like yeah. studies that Latino yeah. people just Show spend out. their money we're the highest kind of group of Consumer. highest ethnicity of entertainment consumerism, consumerism. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so that's what I'm I feel nice Okay. I'll, fl- I'll flip the question because okay. you're right it is hard if you could see Cloak and Dagger do a crossover with Annie <gasps> Marvel character, Marvel like storyline. Who would you want them to interact with? Well, like my favorite is Spider Man, and just because of like the age, mm-hmm. like it would be really cool yeah. to see the three of them interact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is so good. But also, <laughs> there's there's so many. There, I mean, I think in the comics they interact they with Daredevil. They and Spider Man. Yeah, right? and Spider-Man. they get yeah. introduced because of Spider Man. Runaways, I knew that. damn it. <laughs> I say it every week Runaways. In Runaways, the comic book, the first one by Brian K. Vaughn, Spider Man was in it, and Cloak and Dagger were in it with all the Runaways. Just saying. Anyway. <laughs> oh, also, I, now that I've thought about it, my favorite Marvel, like, like maybe I guess if I would pick one, maybe like Valkyrie. Ooh! Okay. Wow! Okay. Iconic. Right. Your mind. She's completely <laughs> iconic. Amazing. Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson. Oh, like, she's everything. Agreed. Oh, she's everything. Well, Cecilia, I have one more question for you. Yes. I'm just curious because, as a woman, this show does a really good job of having strong female leads. Yeah. And um, Joe yeah. Pekaski has women writers, and you can definitely tell. How was that for you? Is that not like? Do you usually get that? Or? No, it was an amazing experience. Not just in the writer room, all over the set, all over the characters, and also so many female directors. I think majority. I think it was like six or seven out of the ten episodes are directed by women. That does wow. not happen. Um, and they're all super unique. They're they all bring something different to the table. They're all amazing. I mean, I worked with a handful of them, um, but. That was really refreshing. This is awesome. Really refreshing. Yeah, it's yeah. important for female writers and directors to be able to write and direct other females, and, yeah. and vice versa. They want that. Yeah. Like you, obviously, would like you just said, you want that. It's so important. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're, unfortunately, we're running short on time, so we have to get to predictions. But for that, if you want to win this comic book, all you got to do, and our special guests, they're going to sign it, right? Hope oh yeah. You, yeah, you guys are going to sign this. <laughs> we're a part of this. All you got to do, give us that five star, like Steph said, on iTunes, or give us that five star in the comments below, and just DM your address. If we pull your name on finale night in a hat, Carla's going to do it. Yes, just DMS, DMS. <laughs> DMS. 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 DM us on Twitter or Instagram your address and we'll ship it to you. This is for free. All you gotta do, give us a five star. So easy to do. It free. is. I want it. I might submit myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, time to get to predictions. Oh, God. I don't know. Oh, my God. I don't know. Well, first off, without saying too much, where do you guys want your characters? Where would you pr- want your characters to go moving forward? Oh, I know 
Where would my character? <laughs> I want her to like come out the other side and become best friends with Tandy. <laughs> yes, I love that. They have like such cute little chemistry. They need to reconcile. Yeah, they yeah. ended on a bad note for sure. Yeah, you'll just have to keep. Going. I'd like to play. <laughs> I'd like to kind of get back with Tyrone and play basketball with him. Oh. I'm serious. <laughs> We're both Knicks fans, but I really want to play basketball because I seen him play ball. And I'm like, I got to play ball with him. He loves, he loves basketball. Huh? Yeah. I love it. I love it. What about my panel? What do you want? What, or what do you think is going to happen? I have no idea because. Every week, I, I message Aubrey, and I'm like, dude, what the hell did I just watch? And then he goes, just wait till next week. And that's what he said today. And I, he was like, you're actually going to be really stressed out next week. And oh, so I'm just like, I have no, I don't wait, know. Wait, next week we're going to be stressed out? He was like, you're going to be stressed out this entire season. Oh, my God. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a prediction because I really, I just want to see some major, like, ass cooking. And that's it. All right. I like that. Oh my gosh. I I don't know. I really want to see what happens because we see the final scene of Tandy and Tyrone's. I think Tyrone, I played it back a few times because I couldn't really hear that no one's, no one made it out. Is that what he said to Tandy? In their final scene when they're hugging together, he said something cryptic like that. And I got really worried because if you thought about it, his mom is kind of out of the picture now. Her mom's out of the picture. Avita's kind of out of the picture. So I don't, I have no idea where everything's going. Did you guys hear something different? I don't know. I, don't know. I was I just enjoying the embracing moment. I was focused on. I was just trying to be optimistic. <laughs> I was going into dark places, so I don't know. Carla, what about you? Um, I actually think that they. I've noticed that now um, Cloak kind of has more control over his powers because he's kind of like a lot, like he kind of appears now. And I don't know if this is something new, but um, I think that this what happened to them in the dark zone um, has made them stronger and we're definitely going to see them kind of come across Andre and I think that Andre I think we saw he's going to open the door and he's going to get to the other side which is probably going to cause for other things to come outside from that door because when you over, whenever you open a door whatever was inside there could also come through so I have a feeling that something else might come through as well and that's going to have to trigger them to kind of go ahead and fight have the final battle that they're supposed to what Go ahead, Drew. I forgot. <laughs> I think Andre's going to be able to tap into his like godliness because he, when he was driving, remember he like was humming, and then he realized like his his little sign thing was music notes. Yeah, yeah. and so I feel like that's like the key to get him to open up that door. So I think next week he was playing an instrument. He was playing a trumpet. Yeah, and the chat corrected me that they Tyrone said um, they're going to get despair. That's way better for my heart. Mm. Thank you guys. <laughs> well, I have no clue what's going to happen other than Mayhem's just going to go mayhem on Andre. I think that's going to happen. Yeah. But until then, we do have to wrap up, unfortunately. I want to thank my special guests thank for joining you. us. Yes. We really thank appreciate it. And where can we find you on social media? And you have any other plugs to plug? Do it now. <laughs> Instagram, my name. Oh, God, my name. Jaime <laughs> Zavallos. J-A-I-M-E-Z-E-V-A-L-L-O-S. <laughs> my Instagram is Ceci, C-E-C-I-L-E-A-L, Leal, 478. Numbers don't mean anything. I gotta get, I gotta get your Instagrams after the show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm Sebs <laughs> I was so focused on the 478. You can find me on Instagram.
Instagram and Twitter at Steps of Bra. <laughs> and I'm Drew Jones. You can slide into the DMs at OKDrewJ. Okay, and I'm Carla Beltran. You can follow me on Instagram at I am Carla Beltran. And I'm Ollie Drennan. Follow me on all social media platforms at Ollie Dreamer. Until next time, guys. We'll see you next week. Ciao! Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.